All right. We got a winner. Oh, we got a winner. We got a winner. And they're wrong. And here we go. It's been another week in racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week, The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is The Magic Mike Show, episode 342, Mr. Samich. Huzzah! Oh, boy. I am uh, I am just happy to be alive and upright today. Uh, let me tell you, what a wicked stomach flu I had over the weekend. I'm happy to hear all about the racing thoughts that you have for this weekend. How are you doing today? I'm doing exceptional, man. I mean, this weekend absolutely delivered on every stage. Like we talked about how, what a good gambling weekend this was with the, the horse racing, multiple tracks, football, which absolutely lived up to it. Uh, and I'm jacked up, man, because NHC is this weekend. So I've got these text chains that are going with a bunch of people I'm going to get to see again. It's, it's just so much fun to go to these big events and be able to see everybody. And NHC is unique because, you know, BCBC, everyone's at the track walking around, moving around. You don't necessarily see everybody. NHC, it's one room. Everyone's there. So I uh, can't wait to get out to Vegas on Wednesday night and start seeing people on Thursday and uh, and just roll into this weekend, man. Yeah, it's a uh, spoiler alert. Mike Samich won't be here on the Magic Mike Show on Thursday. He's going to be too busy in Las Vegas uh, busting his ass at NHC. I'm excited for it. It sucks that you're going to be – I think it kind of sucks that you're there for Pegasus just because uh, Pegasus is its own huge big event. And, and so NHC kind of being there, it sometimes can overshadow it a little bit. But uh, I am very excited for you and very pumped. I know we're going to get into that a little bit more in the show. It's a little bummer it's on Pegasus weekend. Um, Pegasus is one of the better live money tournaments of the year. It's a full Gulfstream card, usually a $6,000 buy-in. Obviously, they're not having it this year because a lot of the people that would play the Pegasus tournament are going to be uh, over in Vegas. So it doesn't right. make any sense to kind of try and it, go after that same market. Um, and it's a bummer. I was going to go to Pegasus this year, too. So uh, I wish that this somehow worked out differently. But if you've never played NHC and you want to qualify for one year, next year is the year. You know why? Super Bowl Sunday. Oh. They're having it on oh, Super Bowl yeah. weekend, which right. means the hotel rooms actually have value next year versus, you know, the, the whatever they're worth this year. So it's, right, uh, yeah. it's a killer year to go next year because it's Super Bowl Sunday that's actually being played on. Yeah, I think the normal discount rate they give the NHC guy, you get, what, $10 off the uh, the block rate? Is that what it is, the normal sticker price for your hotel room? No, you get a free room, which is great. Oh, it's, just, it, okay. it's not necessarily. A Bally's room on a random weekend in January usually isn't that valuable. <laughs> Got it. That's true. Yeah, well, listen, sometimes you're just there. You just need a place that has it, a pillow and a shower. That's that's really all you need, a place to store your shit. Ah, good to see uh, good to see Cindy here in the chat. Yeah, we're a little uh, early this morning uh, or afternoon, whatever time zone you're in, uh, just because uh, moving our schedules around, but we're happy to have the folks that are here to join us. Mike, before we get into the show, which we're going to be talking about the Derby and Oaks preps from this weekend and our thoughts about it, what's the best thing you saw this weekend? Because there's a lot to choose from. I, there really is. I mean, the Blues were phenomenal. Huso got the second star of the week. I could totally go the hockey route. Horse racing was great. I uh, won an H, a second NHC seat this weekend and 15,000 in tournaments. That was awesome. I'm still going with the NFL, though. Like, oh, my God, what a weekend. Uh, it, it just delivered on every aspect. The, the Saturday games uh, were sloppy at best, but still dramatic and phenomenal in that sense. Uh, 
I wish the Titans had covered. Then the parlay we put up on the site for 100 bucks for three grand would have hit, but it was still nice to go four out of five. And uh, I mean, hopefully other people ran it back like I did after that first game, <laughs> the last four of them hit. Uh, and then, man, the games on Sunday were phenomenal. I mean, that that Rams-Bucks game was kind of a snoozer early, but as someone who bet the Rams, it was awesome to watch until the last couple minutes when the wheels absolutely fell off. And then, I mean, what can you say about that Sunday night game? I mean, it, it, rarely does a game, a movie, a whatever it is, live up to the expectations and that chiefs bills game may have exceeded the expectations that people actually had going into it and it was supposed to be you know the, the greatest game of the year and it, it definitely delivered and there's people this is the greatest playoff game ever i mean just to be able to go to that extent with with that much on the line is pretty incredible great to see Allen. great to see mahomes play man it makes me frustrated as a dolphins fan though i mean you watch that and you're like okay so it's Allen, mahomes we've got burrow herbert all in the afc uh Two is not going to cut it. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's, it's not going to work out. <laughs> uh, yeah, the text chain was uh, was really fun to watch. Um, I didn't really know what was going on most of the weekend because uh, my son, thankfully, brought home a stomach bug that was like <laughs> I was sick. Top five six I've ever been in my life, and I was in a fraternity in college, so like that's a high bar for, to kind of clear. And this was just uh, we were in bed. Uh, both the wife and I got hit the same time. Mm. Um, within hours of each other and, and bedridden for a day and a half. So uh, it was like Sunday afternoon. I finally got out and was like, I convinced Aaron to hop on in, in, like at halftime of the, uh, of the, of the Rams bucks game. And then he did all of the, the replay and recap talk for me. That's on our YouTube channel that I normally do. Cause I have no energy. I still don't have much energy. I feel like I'm trailing off mid sentence here. So <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm going to try and speak as little as possible today. Cause the energy level is still low, but that thing, Mike was my God, I wouldn't wish that on, Anybody not named Bob Baffert, that thing just absolutely destroyed me inside. Oof. Uh, as a parent, you get sick exponentially more than you ever did in your life. It's unbelievable. And there's no way to avoid it. There's like, I was sick this week. I took a COVID test on Friday, which luckily was negative. <laughs> but like, it, you know why? Because my daughter caught something from her from her preschool. Like, it just happened. It is yeah. what it is. And it just, you realize that all of a sudden you're going to get sick three times a year instead of once every three years. That's which is fine. I've accepted that it was. This was the first time we both got hit at the same time, and we're literally bedridden. Like, I had to call in an emergency uh, favor from a friend and be like, "We're throwing up constantly here. Will you come over to our house? Because like our, our, our eight month old is crying and needs help." So, uh, but yeah, well, luckily we have an angel of a friend who uh, came and helped and. And we know that we can get by it, but uh, oof, yeah, definitely don't wish this on anybody. But uh, definitely going to be a fun show. Mike's going to give us his thoughts on the uh, on the Derby and the Oaks prep from this week, and we're also going to talk about Kentucky Derby Future Wager Pool Two, which just closed. Uh, Mike did a preview video with me last week that actually was a big hit on the website, so we're going to talk about this some more and kind of talk about the differences between once you see what Churchill offers versus an offshore book. So uh, going to be a lot of fun. You know, Mike loves the offshore book talk, so lots to get into. Let's do it, Mike. Riders up. do let's look at the LeCompte stakes this was the big race the Kentucky Derby prep race uh, from this weekend and uh, all eyes were on two horses epicenter Papa Cap Papa Cap somehow still the Kentucky Derby points leader entering the LeCompte stakes uh, with 12 points won the best pal and then he got the other two from the, I think the Breeders Cup Juvenile but he's not a horse that usually likes to win and we've got epicenter who just wins the gunrunner stakes really impressive race here from epicenter but I'm gonna put, uh, play the replay here walk me through what you were thinking though with uh, with this race yeah, I mean, this is, man, 
I thought this was actually really impressive on multiple fronts. Look, Epicenter didn't get a loose lead or an easy lead. He got away a little bit after we get through the first turn here, but you can see he doesn't make the rail till later in the race. Goes 20, 23 and change, 47, basically flat for the opening half mile, and then takes inside pressure from Papa Cap. Um, I, I thought it was a pretty valiant effort by Epicenter to fight off that, that inside pressure from Papa Cap. Papa Cap looked absolutely loaded around the, the turn and just wasn't able to get by at all. Um, man, this is interesting because you, you kind of start to look at, okay, who is phase two in this derby trail and, and how does it play out? I mean, obviously, Papa Cap coming out of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile and Call Me Midnight, your eventual winner, got smoked by Smile Happy in Kentucky. Um, so you're starting to get some comps so that you can compare to some of these horses and where they ran and how they ran. I was most impressed by Epicenter in this race over any horse. I don't think he really saw Call Me Midnight coming on the outside. I think he was so focused on that three Papa Cap on the inside that he didn't necessarily see the challenge coming. I thought he showed a ton of heart. But again, I think this flat flatters Smile Happy a lot. And White Abari as well, who ends up running third in that race and didn't necessarily have room at the top of the stretch of Kentucky. So um, I think it's interesting to start seeing some of these comps come out. And, and the fact that Papa Cap couldn't get by Epicenter, also the first knock we've seen on California horses traveling outside of California in a couple years. So that also is something I think you have to start paying attention to. Now, I will say this. This track was speed favoring all weekend. So for Call Me Midnight to be able to make this move, I think was was darn impressive. So you got to respect this move from Call Me Midnight. You got to respect this horse at this point. Obviously, the long stretch helped, um, but to me, this this is really epicenter and Call Me Midnight both ran very very well. Papa Cap had every chance and just couldn't get it done. And now you have to start talking about those California horses and whether or not they're as good as they were the last two crops we've seen. Uh, that's a great point, uh, bringing up the California horses. I haven't thought about that, Mike, because yeah, I'm glad that um, this is why I bring you on. Uh, <laughs> this is great. Let, uh, let's look back. Call me Midnight because um, if you look at who – if you scratch out the Kentucky Jockey Club, who he's faced since uh, – uh, after his first two starts were duds, actually very solid. So there's a very key race on September 18th, race five at Churchill, that he was in where Great Escape won, Seal Beach was second, Giant Game was third, Call Me Midnight fourth. That race has produced a lot of good performers um, going down the road. You see Giant Game beat Call Me Midnight. Uh, Giant Game then got third in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile off of that effort. Call Me Midnight finished second, then breaks his bait next out. Kentucky Jockey Club, whatever happened in that race, we can scratch that off. First time facing winners, and then he shows up here. Um, projecting forward, Call Me Midnight by Midnight Loot out of a first defense mare. It doesn't scream distance, whereas I look at Epicenter and it's a, a not this time out of a candy ride mare. I think Epicenter will continue to get better as they go longer. And I agree with you, Mike, that I think Rosario and Epicenter just they, they had no idea that horse was coming. So uh, projecting forward for the top three finishers here, what do you think? Um, Epicenter would be the horse I'd want moving forward from a, a derby perspective, especially. I agree with you from a, a pedigree standpoint. He's better suited to go longer. Um, also, dead closer in the derby, not generally a winner. Uh, they love hitting the board, but it's really hard to win as a dead closer in the derby. And the one thing that we have seen consistently here from Call Me, Call Me Midnight is that he is not going to be anywhere close to the lead. I mean, he has been eighth, ninth, and seventh at the half mile point in the last three races. Now, he's won two of those three. But again, that is not what you want when it's a 20-horse field and you have to weave through all of this traffic, maintain your momentum, and be able to catch these horses up front that are going to go a little bit – well, it'll be interesting to see how the pace is endured. But generally, as you go further, the pace is a little bit slower, and a horse like Epicenter would have a little bit more left. Again, he didn't clear here if, when you're watching this race until almost the half-mile point. And that, I think, is a big part of this, too. He just he took pressure early. He took pressure at the top of the stretch. I, I thought this was a pretty impressive effort. 
Yeah, I mean, if you look at the fractions, I mean, he went 23-2, and two, and then it was 23-3 and three for the next split. So almost as quick uh, down the backside, and he looks comfortable doing it. And for him to be able to kind of set those fractions and then fend off Papa Cap, who, yes, he was coming off a layoff, and you might argue needed a raise. I would counter-argue he had a dream trip. The rail opened up for him, and when it was time to go, he just couldn't go. The epicenter was just... Uh, too strong of a fighter for him there. Uh, but definitely, if listen, Block Party is injured. Just someone made my weekend. <laughs> call me and stuff. If you had called me midnight, major props to you. Uh, I, I, Aaron said on the um, video that's playing, if you actually listen to it, over at youtube.com slash racing dudes, uh, that there was a little bit of steam he was doing on Call Me Midnight. So uh, I guess there was a little bit of a word out on him. But you know, he went off a 28 to 1 on a 20 to 1 morning line. So uh, we'll see. Anyways, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I know Cyberknife was a horse that was getting some hype. It's the horse that Brad Cox says was his only potential derby runner. And he ran like the jackass I thought he was. He finished sixth. So uh, I, I think the top three finishers who were all within the length of each other will take them. Trafalgar, I love you, but yeah, I, I, not moving forward. Yeah, you're not not quite good enough. So glad to see Cindy crushed it too here on Fairgrounds on Saturday. Sounds like uh, she had called yeah, me tonight as well. Nice. And man, the, the the Sormos, they're they're like having a pretty good pretty good here. Twenty late 2021, early 2022. Ken out there crushing it on the turf in California, and obviously Keith here getting the big training victory. So uh, the Sormos starting out the year pretty well here. So Call Me Midnight, not part of the uh, Kentucky Derby uh, Future Wager Pool 2. Mike was saying whoever comes out of this uh, winning this race was going to end up being your favorite. And, well, we didn't get that because nobody saw that happening. But um, you see Epicenter is 24 to 1 off of 15 to 1. But what we want to talk about where Mike is really good at is comparing the odds for U.S. versus international. So, Mike, I'll let you take it over, buddy. Yeah, this is one of the things we talked about in that video. And it, one of the things that's important, especially with how mature the gambling market is becoming here in the United States and, and overseas, is making sure that you shop around and look at the best possible options. Um, and we talked about how with the Paramutual Pool in Kentucky, you don't necessarily get the best possible chance to, to be able to make a good amount of money if you do like one of these 20 horses that are offered. Obviously, if you're playing the field, that's a different perspective. It's going to end up being the favorite in every single pool up until we're closer to the derby here. Um, but if you like one of these horses and you want to try and find your best value, often the best way to do it is to shop around and look for some type of fixed odds offering. And so that's kind of just one of the things we wanted to bring up here. I'm, I'm surprised by some of these prices. I thought Epicenter would hold or maybe even drop off that 15 to 1 based on that effort. Uh, so 24 to 1, I actually don't think is a terrible price on him because I would expect you're going to see him in the derby based off of that performance as long as he's able to stay healthy. Um, but like a, a great example here, if you go to the favorite, so our off odds favorite here in this pool um, at eight to one is Smile Happy, who was, was flattered very much by LeCompte there. If you flip over, and I just have one of the offshore books here that I'm going to pull up real quick. Um, oh, if you flip over to the offshore books, you can see you can get uh, 20 to one on Smile Happy right now. So you're getting literally more than double. You're getting 2.5 times the, the paramutual price. And this is just one book. I haven't shopped around. I'm just looking at one specific place here. Um, and one of the main reasons is you don't have the field. So you don't have that that heavy favor that's taking some money. The other reason is Baffert horses are included here. So you can bet mm -hmm. Carniche. You can bet uh, Newgate. So you can bet some of those horses as well, which means that they're going to see inflated odds and in other entries. So uh, I just want to remind people, like if you're going to look at these pools and the future pools, the exact future pool is great. I don't see that offered anywhere right now. But this win pool, make sure you're shopping around because you don't always get the best price in that, that future pool in the Kentucky Derby odds. This, oh boy. It's, it's always interesting too when we talk about the international stuff because they're not up to date like we are. So you see uh, Rocket Dog is the same price as Doppelganger. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Forbidden Kingdom is ahead of 
uh, you know, Tis the Bomb, who, by the way, Tis the Bomb, 10 to 1 second choice stateside. So, you know, if you like Tis the Bomb, this is the pool you play, not that one. Well, Emmanuel, which I think is a, a horse that a lot of people like out of the mm-hmm. Pletcher Barn, going to be down in, down in Florida, 33 to 1 here. Off at 17 to 1, I believe it was, in future pool yep. number two. So you're getting almost double the odds on that horse as well. So I just want to make sure if you're, if you're looking at these future plays, which I think are great right now, if you're trying to get a big score for a small amount of money, because it's, it's so much fun. I mean, I remember I had Justify at 35 to 1. It was a lot of fun seeing him walk in the gate at 5 to 2. I mean, that, that makes you feel really good, right? Even before he cashes the ticket, you're like, this was a good decision. You're like, I'm plus EV here if you give me this every year. So it's a lot of fun to have some of these bets. I think it's a good idea to kind of add it to portfolio to, to have a big shot at a big score on a big day. Um, but just make sure you're doing your due diligence and you're shopping around and making sure you're getting the best price because this is just a great example of where you're getting 2x to 2.5x almost every single horse in the Derby Future Pool, depending on who you like. Uh, block Party. Excuse me, Block Party says slow down Andy is a, is their early Kentucky Derby pick. And you get, let's see, 25 to 1 there, 20 to 1 in the pool. Um, that's just interesting. I think out of that race, which is the winner of the Low South Futurity, uh, I think that's the horse other than Messier, who was second in the big favorite that I would want. Uh, but they're both set up for a showdown. They should be facing each other relatively soon. Um, what is it going to be? The Robert B. Lewis stakes? That's what's next at uh at Sandia. It should be the end of the month, right? Yeah, another yep. week or two till that? Yeah, I should know this stuff. I swear I'll be better <laughs> next show, guys. I swear. Um, any other thoughts that you want to go over from this, Mike? It was pretty interesting. I thought that uh, you, uh, you talked about White Abario uh, and how this kind of um, uh, Call Me Midnight winning flatters him because he was third and arguably the second best horse behind Smile Happy in the Kentucky Jockey Club. 171 to 1. The hell? What is this? What is I this mean- shit? I, I, that's that's worth a couple shekels. I didn't even see that. I, I probably would have dropped a five around there. Me right? too. Pay, pay the thousand bucks if you hit it for five. I mean, likelihood of White Abario winning the Derby. Not high. Don't get me wrong. But, but not quarter to one either. If, if yeah. Baffert's not in, this thing is, is, is it's grab ass is what this well, is. And to, just to, to further your point, you mentioned, uh, what's his face? Uh, Papa Cap, your, your Derby points leader? At 14. 14. One, four. Like... <laughs> It doesn't take much right now to get into the Kentucky Derby. And obviously you've got the bigger preps that are coming, but it just it's going to be an absolute wild derby if none of these Bafferts actually end up in this derby. And it's, it's crazy we're talking about this while the Naira hearing is going on with Bafford and Naira, which is, somehow is a jurisdiction that's banning him first. I mean, obviously Kentucky has as well, and we'll see what happens there. But um, Naira beat him to the punch last year. It's going to be awfully interesting to see how this plays out because these pools especially where you don't know Right now, you get every Baffert at three to five, right? I mean, so it's it's interesting how you kind of don't know who's in, who's out, how this is going to play out. But we'll see moving forward here. I'm, I'm also interested to see if you see any trainer switches in between the second to last and the last prep. Um, because you just need to win that last prep to make the Derby. And if you have that trainer switch before that last prep, you get the points, you head to the Derby, and you still had Baffert training the horse for the first, you know, two and a half years of its career, essentially. Yeah, you only need to win a 50-point race. So you win a 50-pointer or you get second in a 100-pointer, you're in. And there's enough of those races and there's enough bad horses earning those points right now that you can get away with it. Uh, well, two other- on top of that, if you have a bunch of Bafferts win the 50-pointers, and then, then, then it completely changes the whole game. Because if the Bafferts ship to New York and ship to Arkansas and ship to, like, uh, to Sunland, all over the place to take down these 50-point races and win all of them in California too, all of a sudden, they switch barns. All he needs is a second, maybe even a third in some of the 100-point races, and you're going to qualify for the Derby That's because all too. of the points are, are zeroed out or gone. Right. <laughs> the, the, the level to enter is like going to be so much lower if that is the way this actually plays out. 
Oh, God, this is fantastic. You know what I keep thinking about lately when this comes up is how uh, smart Saratoga Slim was to retire for good right before all this happened. Because Slim used to do this really great article where he was tracking and predicting how many points you needed to earn to make the Kentucky Derby gate. And he was always spot on and would tell you who was going to make it from uh, the projected fields. Uh, he would have no freaking clue how to do with this one, and he would lose his mind. So, Slim, congratulations. You made the right decision. I, I would say, yes, he would lose his mind, but I would also say with chaos comes opportunity. And so whenever you have situations like this, you're going to have chances to be able to take some swings and get monster odds and horses that shouldn't be there because of everything that's going on. And, and you know, like, would New Gage be 33-1 to 1 offshore if – Baffert were allowed to be in the Derby right now. I mean, like there's, there's some examples where like you get monster prices on horses right now because of the uncertainty. So there's with chaos comes opportunity and you got to decide when you want to pull the trigger there. Uh, Emmanuel went from 50 to one morning line to 17 to one. That horse has fired back to back bullets. So even though he missed that Tampa Bay downs allowance with a, a fever, he bounced right back. They're still looking for an allowance race for him. It seems like Fletcher really wants to take the always dreaming approach with him. And really there's something about that Tampa Bay allowance for that second start that just gets Pletcher's rocks off. I don't know. It, it, it works. So, um, so that's a big reason I think why you see him fl uh, plummet down to 17 to one along with, you know, who the hell else is on this list chasing time only drops from 20 to one to 17 to one. This is the, my racehorse horse that won at Oaklawn. Uh, everybody uh, understandably lost their mind over him. Um, I was a little surprised he didn't take a, more movement on that. Were you? I mean, if you scroll down and you look at the money that went on the all other entries, any horse that drops is a pretty significant movement in my mind. That's true. Because like when you have nine to five favorite down at the bottom, taking that much money in a pool of 24 options, even dropping from, from 20 to 17 is a significant drop. If you look at this, I think there's only like four horses in the entire thing that dropped. If you're not counting like the three point from 50 to 47 drop, I mean, smile happy doesn't drop from eight to one. You're going to see just a couple in there that actually take a drop down. Tis the bomb. I was shocked dropped from 20 to one to 10 to one, but it's really hard to really see that big time drop when you have this heavy of a favorite in this big of a field. Especially all of the three-year-olds, which has been the favorite every year since uh, in this pool, since this pool has started, that actually, like, the odds improved on that. That's actually, especially because the Baffert thing is very unclear. Uh, sneaky decent value at 9 to 5. Yeah, yeah, it's a little sneaky there now that once you think about it a little bit. But that was our rundown, the uh, the list of the Kentucky Derby uh, future wager pool. Hope everybody uh, found that enlightening, or at least if you were looking to play, Mike gives you some, uh, some other options of where to go with it. We're going to do some, uh, go back to the Kentucky Oaks prep races. There were two of them from this weekend. One was exciting, one not so much. Let's do the exciting one first. Back at Fairgrounds, a Silver Bullet Day stakes, and a race that uh, you and I, to start the pick four, correctly singled with LaFrette on top. But I will say it was uh, not as slam dunk as we might have thought it was going to be for her. Uh, she looked very solid in this race, but she took a lot of pressure and showed a lot of heart here. Give me your thoughts on LaFrette. Yeah, I mean... This is one where I, I'm not sure. So I, I obviously the best horse in the race and I'm not totally sure what to make of it because when you watch Rosario Ryder, he never looked worried. He was very, no very confident. Even when she got past, he was very, very, very he just confident. looked and was like, okay. Yeah. It's just, so when you see a jockey who is that confident and, and like, you really got to wonder how much was left in the tank here. Obviously the fights back able to get the job done. I don't think we saw her best. I think this was still not emptying the tank. I thought this was a really impressive performance. Uh, we discussed how we expected something like this from Lecrette. 
I actually think, I mean, I'm excited about the Philly class this year. I think this is going to be a lot of fun going forward in the Kentucky Oaks. I think we got four or five really quality Phillies, and not all of them have faced stakes competition yet either. So I'm excited to see how this class develops. I think Lecrette has to be considered one of the front runners in this class. It's just another, another good Ashton horse, man. Uh, a half-sister to Clarier, who we saw how dominant she was last year throughout the three-year-old division, especially at fairgrounds. And she's a half to Clarier who's by Medagliadoro. So, like, I, it's like, how can you be better than a half-sister to Clarier? Well, we'll make you by Medagliadoro. I don't think it really <laughs> can get better beyond that. But this is what Mike's talking about. If you're seeing the replay, the screen here, she's passed. Fanny and Freddie is on the lead. Like, she, like the, yeah. the, the chicklets at the bottom is wrong. Fanny and Freddie has the lead, and then Rosario waits until about the 316th, and then he says, okay, now we're going to go, and she responds so beautifully. Um, the one thing that's a little concerning, Mike, only a 74 buyer for this effort. Is this one where you kind of give a plus to it because visually this looked better than a 74? What do you make of it? Um, she def Again, I don't think the tank was empty. So I don't think this is the top-tier effort from this horse. However, you'd still like to see that a little bit higher. But I mean, you got to look at the day as a whole and, and decide whether or not you kind of how fast the buyers came back on the overall day. This is a horse that like, let's see where we end up next. Let's see who we're facing next. It's all going to be all about price and what you're looking at and how that field is. I think she definitely is more forwardly placed slash need the lead type horse. I'd be interested to see if she faced a horse that's naturally faster than her early. See how that plays out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, look, I respect this win. I think that, like you said, it's there's, you put a little plus sign next to it. I think it's better visually than it was on paper. Um, so maybe that helps get a bit, a little bit better of a price next time out, but I have a feeling this horse is getting bet no matter where it is. Slight concern I have with her. Um, we also talked about on the preview that we were singling her and she had a 67 buyer for winning her debut. We were like, that's, she was so much better than a 67. So now she had, that's twice where we're like, she looked better than the buyer. So just something to keep in mind moving forward, because I remember I said this about Millie Philly that I was like, oh, she's better than the buyers, better than the buyers. And then Millie Philly actually faced good horses. And it didn't work out very well for her. They set that one time, but we don't talk about that. Uh, right. But just keep it in mind. I haven't looked at the time form numbers yet. I always compare the buyers and the time form numbers because I think that's a good way to kind of see, you know, if a horse is wildly outperforming the buyer numbers in time form, that's a, a good way to look at it and say, okay, well, maybe this horse is better than what you're necessarily seeing from a buyer perspective or on paper in DRF. So it's a good kind of just double check to see, all right, if the time form number is really high and the buyer comes back low, it kind of supports the visual side of it and that, that the source may be better than what we necessarily saw. So I think you always want to kind of double check your work there and make sure you're not looking at just one number to decide on how good a horse is. Interesting, though, that now no, you have Echo Zoo. Buyer, buyer is the buyer's the be-all, end-all. That's the rule, Mike. <laughs> yes, that's it. Nothing else. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting here, too, because you have Echo Zulu out of the Asherson barn. Faster than her. Need the lead. Right. Like it's going to be interesting to see when these two horses face, how that's going to, who's going to take the lead. I mean, you have an, an, an ironically, an Atchison situation or Baffert situation on the Philly side with a couple Atchison horses here um, and, and how they face each other. So it's going to be awfully interesting when Echo Zulu and Lecrae end up meeting at some point because they will. I mean, this is, they're going to end up running into each other, if, if not uh, sooner than the, definitely in the Kentucky Oaks. Excuse me. I was trying to see if I could find a time for him, U.S. Uh figure for that but i couldn't for for that race or for the uh for the busana which we're gonna talk about in a second aaron i know you're watching if you happen to know uh you can drop us in the chat but uh real quick mike it's not an overly exciting race to talk about the busana stakes at aqueduct on sunday another 10 point kentucky oaks prep race uh but a pretty boring one mag circle the favorite at, at six to five on the rail um we got lone speed on paper you try taking shots against her because it's boring as hell just go six to five let's do this um in a six horse field so you're trying to make it interesting. Uh, the four-horse game stonks who you used as your second horse, I think we scratched this off. She, 
She just seemed like she hated Aqueduct. <laughs> uh, never involved Ease, but uh, overall, what did you think of this race? I mean, look, Aqueduct, especially this weekend, if you're going two turns and you get loose like this on the lead, it is awfully hard for anyone to run you down. Um, so it's just one of those situations where I, it's tough. And I, I was hoping that you get a little bit more early pressure on Magic Circle, and that would kind of light, loosen her up a little bit. But here you can see, you know, 24 and 2 for the opening quarter, over 48 for the half, no one within a length of her. It's just one of those situations where you knew she was going to just kind of pull away and stretch out uh, around the final turn. And that's exactly what happened. Thought Waters of Miram ran okay here. I agree with you. Game Stonks just never had a chance. Didn't get out of the gates very well. And when you're when you're that far back, it's just a complete cross out. I thought uh, Morning Matcha ran decent to kind of come up and, and get take make up some ground. Uh, and get up late. I think Morning Match ended up in second here. Uh, and that was the horse that kind of shipped in from Parks. It was interesting to see what she's going to do, especially since her best race was against a couple horses at Parks that aren't that great. Um, so she's one that you kind of want to take a, keep an eye on moving forward. But like we talked about, this mile and eighth distance early in the three-year-old season for Phillies is, is wildly demanding. Um, and, and so it's just it's tough to take a lot away from this race. But, you know, you got to give Magic Circle credit. She had everything go her own way, but she also got the job done was able to win. So, you know, I generally fade Aqueduct horses. I'm probably fading this whole field when I get the chance to. Um, but, I, you know, you got you to gotta respect what she was able to do here. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much the takeaway. Uh, Jose Ortiz is something that Aaron mentioned on the replay uh, show as well. Jose Ortiz stayed in Aqueduct one more day just uh, before he went to, back to Gulfstream Park, which he said he was going to stay at Aqueduct for the meet because of his kids and everything. And then he got to like January. He's like, nope, I'm sick of this. Well, you're like you're losing two days a week, right? Because of the, the winter scratches. They cancel the car because it's too cold. There's snow, whatever it is. And you have these purses down at Gulfstream with these better horses that you can ride into stakes and longer that you're guaranteed races. And like, love it or hate it, that Tapita course means as many horses aren't scratching when it rains off. I mean, you saw four scratches across the card when they moved four races to Tapita it makes a big difference. And so when you are a jockey and you're, it's all about mounts and, and getting the mounts and making the money, it helps a lot when you're not losing any horses. And, and you know, it's not so bad being in Fort Lauderdale right now compared to being in, in Ozone, New York, right? I mean, let's let's be honest. The weather's a little bit better down there. Yeah, there we go. Sorry, if I was a little choppy, I don't know what was going on, but I think I fixed it there. Um, I heard everything you were saying. Uh, yeah, I, I don't... get some better internet, man. <laughs> It's because my computer, it's because I played the Aqueduct replay. It literally, if you watch, all of a sudden the Aqueduct replay stops, and my computer just mwah, did not want to do I, that. I got to say, I do like how um, how you didn't, we didn't talk about Sam Houston at all. We do like, usually we do our late pick four review here. And oh, the yeah. one race that we went back and forth on Sam Houston, my horse airs, and we don't even get to talk about it. I literally didn't know what happened. So please, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not being a jerk i literally tell me what happened <laughs> oh i'm just giving you shit the, 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 remember the need the speed race that we argued about for five minutes on thursday no no <laughs> friday's right. a blur this is terrible content let's keep going <laughs> <laughs> this is wonderful basically mike was right magic was wrong and in, 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 you know other words uh water's wet um <laughs> is there let's see there we're, we're gonna do uh, a shorter show today um but that is pretty much kind of a, a slower weekend didn't want to do a pick four but we will be i will be back thursday um mike will be at nhc um shoot okay well i'm gonna i gotta find a uh, i gotta find a replacement for you so we'll find a, a co-host for thursday but i will be back uh 5 30 eastern 2 35 eastern i'll be back at some point i don't even know who my guest is gonna be but mike before we go uh, a little bit about nhc just give your final thoughts on it and uh yeah any, any other closing arguments 
Yeah, I mean, it's a blast. I mean, it's just, it, it's so much fun to be able to play. The whole tournament seems fun to play. If you've never played the tournaments, I'd highly recommend you do it. There's a couple that, like, I, I love that more racetracks are getting involved in this too. Tampa Bay Downs just had one as a $1,000 buy-in that you get to essentially bet with your 1000 bucks and keep whatever it is. Um, I was fortunate enough to qualify my first entry through uh, Lone Star. I would highly recommend anyone who is, is interested in playing tournaments. Lone Star is exceptional. Um, it's a, it's a cash tournament. You buy in for $500 on Saturday and Sunday. There's a $2,500 one on Monday. You can qualify for the Monday one on Saturday or Sunday, as well as win NHC seats on Saturday or Sunday. And you get all $500 in your bankroll. There's zero takeout. Um, so it, it's a great way to kind of get involved and play tournaments. If you bet anyway, it's a great way to just move your betting money over toward a tournament like that. Have an absolute blast. Uh, you get to meet a ton of people that are really passionate about horse racing. Everyone it, it's like, you see horse racing Twitter, which can be really vile at certain times, but man, everyone you walk in that room, you don't get to be around people who love horse racing all that often, let alone hundreds of them in the same place. And everyone knows how it feels to have horses and go through the process, lose a photo finish, lose a head bob, whatever it is, hit a big score. Everyone in that room has that camaraderie going. And it, it's it's funny, like, you know, I'm going to be sitting there competing for a million bucks at HC. I'm sitting with five people who all will be all be rooting for each other. I know four or five other tables in the room. I'll be rooting for all of them to do well too. It's just it's a really unique scenario where you kind of you see everybody get together and you you know you were there for an NHC. We sit with four random people and we're all rooting for each other and cheering each other yeah. on and hoping it goes well. It's just it's an interesting interesting camaraderie that gets built there. And then I, look, there's one weekend a year you can you have a big huge cardboard check with an eight hundred thousand dollar number on it, and it's this weekend, and that's that's pretty awesome. I love the fact you can't buy any of it. You got to earn your way in there and you've mm -hmm. got to be able to win one of these tournaments. It's not easy to win to be able to get a seat there. So uh, pretty incredible. Uh, excited to be back for the third straight year. Cashed first year. Last year was a, a disaster. This year hopefully is better. Uh, got two entries again this year. Was lucky, like I said, to get get my second one over the weekend. So go out there with a, with a plan. Hopefully handle the two entries better than I did last year and see what happens, man. This is the year we find out if your good luck charm was magic, who was there with you the entire weekend, or your wife, who was there for a uh, a wine tour of, of the different hotels. Yeah, we'll see if she does the <laughs> wine and oyster tour again this year. There you go. Uh, no, I'm very jealous. Uh, like my, Everything Mike said is is 100% true. It's so odd that you're all competing for this $800,000 grand prize, and you're all more or less cheering for each other. There's a couple people that are assholes you don't care about, but for the most part, it's like uh, it, compared to horse racing Twitter, the amount of positivity versus negatives, it's just great. Um, I still remember Richie, uh, our guy that was at our yeah. table and his buddies from Jersey. So um, they were a lot of fun, and it was they just happened to sit down because they needed a spot to sit, and there was open spot where you and I were at. So uh, it really is a lot of fun. Uh, I know that you know things calm down and, and the world's back to normal. I think Aaron was talking about coming out even just to hang out for the weekend. So, um, which is what I do. It, I don't yeah. bet. I just sit there and I'm going to do the live blog. That's a lot of fun. Actually, it was a harder job than what I usually do normally. And we got, we have, I mean, I think it's four or five of the Magic Mike Army is going to be out there too. Congratulations. You know, I know Mark's out there. B Squared's out there. There's a ton of people that are going to be able to make the trip this time. Uh, who listen to the show. Uh, yeah, Tyler's going to be there. I mean, it's going to okay. Yeah, it, it's going to be a blast, man. And I'm, I'm excited to get the DMs. If anyone who qualified has any questions, reach out to me. I mean, I'm happy to answer anything uh, coming up for the tournament and kind of share my experience over the last two years and, and kind of some of the strategies that I'm going to take moving into it. So uh, super excited that, that we have people that have reached out to me saying, hey, uh, I got into this because I heard you guys talking about it on the show and we're taking a shot. So good luck, everybody else who's out there. By all means, if you're out there, come say hi to me. Love to love to meet you, talk to you, and, and hopefully uh, – Someone takes it down that we know. I mean, that's right. That's the, the end goal. I want to hopefully someone in that that circle of friends there is able to take the money down. 
listen, if it can't be you, may it be Dr. Tang. I, I do want to know, did you, because the first year we could do this, and last year you couldn't, can we bet on Mike Stomach to win the NHC this year? I, I, don't, I, I need another souvenir ticket. I don't know, man. That was one of my favorite parts about the first year. You get to go and bet on yourself in the sports book. And like they set these asinine odds, right? Like I, I think the favorite, the favorite was 80 to one, which is absurd. No one should be 80 to one. And I think, what was I? 160 to one. Is that right? Uh, I got you at 140. Somebody bet you yeah. down by the time I got there. Damn. Well, what can I say? Uh, but yeah, a, a buck 40 is still crazy. In a room of, of 500 of the best handicappers, a buck 40 it's was one It's your first time, and it's yeah, like, oh, it's pretty yeah. nuts. But and we made the money. I mean, they tried to make a little bit of a run. So yeah, it uh, you know hopefully that'll be back. That was a Nevada State gaming law that did not allow them to list it. I think that's what Steve Vick said last year. So Damn. hopefully that's back. If it is, Bally's Sportsbook would have it up, um, and you're able to go bet on yourself at Bally's Sportsbook. And I, I think it's a blast to have a $5 souvenir ticket that has yeah. has your name on it. So uh, make sure you check that out if you're out in Vegas. And then, like, I don't know about everyone else. I'm probably going to just go hang out in the Sportsbook after this. I, I'm psyched that we've got the championship Sunday in the NFL right after NHCN. So it's going to be an absolute blast to have football, too. It's just uh, I'm really excited about this weekend. It's going to be a great time. The real question is, though, will it live up to last weekend? Like, could anything that happens next weekend in the NFL uh, live up to what you guys all lost your minds over this past week? Um, no, it, there's no chance. I mean, look, <laughs> you're most likely going to have a, a not as close game. Although, since he did beat Kansas City in the regular season in the AFC, in the NFC, I, like, I'm just not that pumped up about the game. You know what I mean? So, um, We'll see, but I'm I'll just excited to be back in a Vegas sports book for primetime football. It's a, so much fun. Like, I lived there for, for six years, loved March Madness, loved the NFL playoffs. There's just so much electricity to be able to do it. I mean, it's funny. I talked, I asked Jared on our live stream that we did Friday, where are you going to watch the game? And he said, oh, I'm going to watch it home by myself. My biggest game I ever watched in my life, my personal, personal fandom, game seven, St. Louis Blues, Boston Bruins in a Vegas sports book. Loved it. Like, I just, I love being in a Vegas sports book for these type of things. So I, I can't wait to be back out there. So Dang. I'll bring this not, not to make you feel bad, but uh, to show how close you were that uh, you're the, this is what Mike did last week for the first time. He did a weekend parlay picks. And if the Titans hadn't screwed things up in that first one, uh, Mike gave out a parlay. And if you'd run it back, as he mentioned earlier on the show, I mean, $100 would have pulled in uh, 2900 on this. And if you ran it back, I don't know what the odds were. Uh, what about did you get about 20 to one on that? About 1500 1500 okay well still yeah. i mean a great return so congratulations if you did that but i bring this all up to say hey guys we do we have racingnews.com slash sports some people still know that and i just click on the wrong thing there uh racingnews.com slash sports for aaron and papa dude are covering all the stuff uh happening in sports betting right now they're talking some nba and college basketball uh papa dude being a longtime prep coach i'm very excited to see how he does with march madness i've heard he's kind of a wizard with it so we'll see how that goes but the free nfl picks have been doing solid too so just go to racingnews.com slash sports Aaron's got the NHL picks going. Which Mike, did you see this? He did it with the widget. Yeah, I'm I finally, man. I've been trying to get him to do this for months. He texted me this out. morning. He's like, it's incredible. I love it. I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> you're welcome. Okay. And Mike's like, yeah, I've been saying this for a week or a month. <laughs> literally tried. I literally got made fun of on the internal call when I kept bringing this up so many times. I'm glad he finally tried it. So here you can see uh, that we're starting to look a little fancier here where you can click on if you want free NFL picks, free uh, NHL picks. This is the NHL one, but... Look how nice and neat and crisp that is. All thanks to our friends at Tally Site doing this for us. So uh, great style. But you can come over. You can see exactly who Aaron is picking. Um, he has been 229 and 178 overall uh, on, the, on the season. That is incredible. Uh, Aaron is killing it secretly at hockey. Why is he hiding that from me? Aaron, 
Come on, man. That's awesome. So, yeah, racingnews.com slash free dash NHL dash picks or just racingnews.com slash sports. We got it all right there for you, baby. Love it, man. <laughs> so exciting. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Again, we were a little early, but we appreciate you adjusting your times with us, and it was a lot of fun. Well, I will be back on Thursday. I keep forgetting Mike's going to be departing for Las Vegas. So best of luck to you, buddy. Uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter, at SimbaBomb18, number one, number eight, for all of his updates from NHC. I am at Curtis Kellaway, corporate overlords, at Racing underscore Dudes. Again, I'll be back on Thursday with someone talking about the Pegasus World Cup late pick four uh, over at youtube.com slash racing dudes. We're going to have a shit ton of stuff for the Pegasus. So if you're interested in playing that, go check that out. Of course, the inside track to the Pegasus World Cup wagering guide is available now for pre-sale. Make sure you check that out as well. Go to racingdudes.com. The draw is Wednesday, which means the guide should be out probably Thursday morning. So uh, if you've if you pre-order it, you will be the first one to get it. It'll be showing up in your account the second it's available. So once more, thanks, everybody, for joining us. I'll be back on Thursday. Until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck at Vegas, baby. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. <laughs> We're going to give Daddy the Rain Man suite. You dig that? We're going to Vegas, Mike. Vegas! Vegas. You think we get there by midnight? Money, we're going to be up 500 by midnight. Ah, Vegas! Vegas, baby! Vegas! Vegas!